Welcome to Future Sight, a show from Capgemini Invent. I'm Molly Hall, and on this show, we explore new ways for you to adapt and grow for the future in business. This week, we're talking about the shop of tomorrow. With many predicting high street retail to be in terminal decline, what will a shopping experience look and feel like in the years to come? And by merging the digital into the physical, can we create the new kind of store today? Now, to help us look at these issues, we've brought together a crack squad of retail pioneers. Gordon Young, co-founder and editor-in-chief of The Drum, Rob Hollins, managing director of Sharp End, and Steve Hewitt, who leads the Global Retail Customer Transformation Initiatives at Capgemini Invent. So it's good to have you all here. All right, let's get down to the first issue. We want to unpack these lovely issues, talking about stores, talking about retail, talking about all things in the future. Walk us through. Gordon, I'm going to start with you. Tell us, what are we seeing right now? We're in the middle of a global crisis. People are not even allowed out of their houses. Where are we seeing the current situation of storefront retail? Well, I think despite the fact that we are in lockdown, I actually think what you're seeing is a, a real acceleration of existing trends. Retail was under pressure before the pandemic in terms of footfall, in terms of digital services supplanting it. And I think what you've really seen is these trends accelerating big style. So actually, this has been an action-packed few months, I think, for retailers. You know, there's a real sense that this is perhaps a silence before the storm. Yeah, I mean, Gordon's definitely right when he says that these things have been happening anyway, just at a much, much slower pace, this kind of transformation of the high street. And, you know, there's no doubt about it. This is a really difficult time for those retailers, for their employees, for for the high street in general. But it's been something that's been been coming for a long period of time. This situation that we're in now has just made it happen at a far greater pace And we will go back out into a high street, which will drastically change. There'll be less stores. The stores that are there will have to change their kind of role and purpose. And in lots of ways, as Gordon said, that's a a really exciting opportunity. I want to just clarify then. So you're saying, okay, these problems that we've been seeing have been accelerated by this past year, essentially. Highlight it. I mean, really, what were these problems? People just not walking into the stores, not going out, only going online. Walk us through it. We'll know ourselves as consumers, the way that we shop, the way that we interact with products, with retail spaces has been changing for years now. I mean, lots of it's driven through e-commerce, but the way we we shop and consume goods has, has been changing. And the high street has been slowly adapting to that, but probably not at the same speed that changes have been happening in other channels like e-commerce. I don't see these as problems. I see that a lot of the pressure the sector is facing is just part of natural evolution, really. I think a lot of this change is inevitable, and you've seen it affecting lots of sectors throughout the ages, from the you know, the horse and cart to the telephone box. So the, the pressures that are, they're under are inevitable pressures brought on by new technology. Definitely, yeah, that, that's exactly right, isn't it? And it's not just, I mean, we could look at every industry pre-COVID, post-COVID, all of these industries are significantly changing. We look at things like banking, massive change going on there, education. Again, all of these industries have been going through a slow, in some cases, faster in others, pace of digital transformation. But COVID and what's happened has accelerated that. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the most starkest thing in sort of shop and retail is 
this sudden like influx of new omni-channel shoppers that brands and retailers are now going to have to to serve clearly over time everyone was starting to shop a little bit more online but most of the clients we work with it's the same story you know all over the world suddenly they've almost like jumped into the future three four years we've got a whole bunch of different types of customers now who have converted into omni-channel shoppers and you know that's going to do several things it's going to introduce a whole new set of customer missions that you know these different types of customers bring that the quote unquote traditional omni-channel shopper had and it's going to massively expose the friction that still exists across the majority of retailers today yeah indeed steve i just wanted for you to highlight exactly omni-channel when you say that what do you mean what it means at its heart is that consumers engage with brands in different channels you interact with that brand increasingly unconsciously through a whole bunch of different touch points and omnichannel as an ambition is really about how to make that experience as seamless and relevant to consumers as possible so that you don't restart the conversation in store that you already had in a contact center or you don't restart the order that you started to place online when you shop into the store you know it's about ironing out those breaks in the experience and making the sum of the parts equal more through the experience I want to ask then, okay, we're seeing this is uh, massive changes really on an industrial scale level, what we're seeing, just another revolution coming forward. Some people are falling to the wayside, right? Some people are not able to get up to speed. Before we go and talk about, okay, a strategy moving forward, what to do that's right, how are we seeing people fail as of right now? I mean, I think quite a lot in sort of an operational sense, because we fast forwarded into the future, many brands, many retailers weren't quite ready to deal with that operationally. So, you know, suddenly all the grocers run out of delivery slots because they can't provide the level of capacity that they've got this new demand for. And they can't suddenly distinguish between vulnerable customers versus normal customers to try and prioritize, you know, those slots. Others, as I mentioned, start to see the cracks in the experience that they offer when customers have to abort a journey in one channel and resume it in another because suddenly the store's shut or the contact center doesn't have enough staff because they're all self-isolating. So, you know, I think there was a lot of pain and suffering from an operational perspective because brands, retailers weren't ready, understandably, for that sudden spike in volume and, you know, perhaps were not moving as fast to address those omnichannel experiences that these aren't new things they always known about. It's just they weren't biting you quite so hard before. Anyone else want to chime in? There's also been some real successes out there. We, you know, we've seen people shopping in truly omnichannel ways from shopping via video conferencing, shopping via kind of augmented reality virtual stores with some of the fashion retailers. So there's been some big shifts and successes that will will move beyond kind of what have been seen perhaps as gimmicks or short-term tactical ways to engage with the retail environment into longer-term, true, genuine, omni-channel experiences. I think we're all on the same page. I I was just going to say that the line between surviving at the moment and failure is clearly digital. People who have a a digital strategy or have e-commerce capability, you know, these are people who are surviving the people who are not in the digital world are the people who are failing. So there's a very, very clear line there. 
Okay, so then if that's key for survival, how do we move forward? If you're starting from scratch, for example, where would you begin? That question is at the heart of the initiative that Capgemini, the drum and and sharp end are partnering together on, which is to answer that question. It is if you were to build a retail experience from scratch today, knowing all we know now about omni-channel needs of customers facing into the reality that we have now of lockdowns and contactless, what would you build? What's the experience that you would provide? How would you enable that? And that's a difficult question to answer for, for many because A, you know, sometimes you you can't even see the, the constraints that you're working within because they've become doctrine within your business. So it's quite hard to truly start from scratch when you're starting within an existing brand or business. And of course, you know, the other challenges are technical or operational. It's nobody has no legacy. And so to truly start from scratch is a very difficult thing to do. But actually, if you really look at customer needs and retail today, they are so different to what retail was like 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, when the vast majority of the way that these brands work was set and haven't really changed significantly since. I mean, I'm sitting here in London looking at my window and right now I can see three new shops getting ready to open here. One is a, a grocery shop. And I know for a fact that he's been very active on you know various platforms and he wants to be really local. He wants to be the king of the local community. There's a sort of a, a shop selling specialty chocolates about to open here as well. I don't know anything about them because they're, they're just fitting out the premises. But I suspect their physical shop will give them an experience and give them a bit of a brand colour. But actually a lot of their sales are going to be online and they're going to be selling reasonable distances it's luxury, non-perishable product. You know, they can sell very well online, but use the physical presence as a way as leveraging some sort of brand experience. And then the third one is our new photography studio. And again, it's a very different sort of business, but, you know, I would imagine, again, he will be using his physical presence as a way of creating the work, which he will then be sort of selling online as well. So it really depends on what businesses you're running. But the bottom line is, you know, they're all digital. They're all sort of embracing this sort of digital universe in one way or another. I think the exam question is, what can you do with a physical store plus digital that you can't do without that physical asset? Because, you know, the actual value of physical branches stores has been massively eroded. There is almost nothing that traditional stores were built to do that you can't do better, faster, meaner, leaner digitally now. So the common theme will be figuring out what is it that physical spaces are going to add to the experience. And it isn't a case of physical versus digital. It is definitely about physical plus digital. What does that give you? Whether you're dialing into experience or to convenience will depend on on your category, on your brand, etc. I think you, you have to use this period of time to really rip up the rule book because otherwise, as Steve was talking about earlier, retailers are locked by too many constraints. And actually, look look back at the last 100 years, store layouts are the same, the formats are pretty much the same. And I think this is a step back. And actually, let's totally reimagine that. Let's work out what's the real customer needs, what's the real reason for someone to visit a high street retailer, to interact in those environments. Where do we need 
human support in those places? Where can we remove that and deliver something more engaging, more efficient? It's a real chance now to start almost from scratch and reimagine those spaces. When you guys were looking at all of this and you we're seeing, okay, we all know it's not a question then about physical versus digital, but you've made clear it's a hybrid. We now need to make sure that these are married together and really combined and seamless. Walk us through what you see and kind of what your approach has been a little bit with your project. Tell us what you got. Well, it's really exciting because obviously, as well as looking at these new shops opening, we are opening one ourselves, which has caused a lot of surprise in the scenes. It doesn't seem a particularly good time to launch a new retail experience. So you're trying to say, okay, no, it's a good time and this is why. Yeah, it's a brilliant time and, and this is why, particularly what we're building here is, a, is meant to be an experimental lab. We believe that there's all these new pressures, like experience is getting really important, but also there's opportunities to use technology to get a lot of the features of, say, a big retail unit into a small retail unit. We can combine a lot of different aspects of you know what people want from, from experience. So, for instance, they can, they can try on clothes, but they can maybe enjoy some coffee or maybe an alcoholic drink at the same time. So it can be a social as well as a retail experience. But the thing is, we can wrap all this up into something which is very experimental and we give everyone a chance to actually see if our theories work in practice. I suspect maybe Rob and Steve are better qualified to, to give the detail of that experience than me, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that you know, we're really excited about with what we're opening with our initiative, which is called Corner Shop, is an ability to, as Gordon says, test and explore like new intersections, really taking a leap forward in what you do rarely is achieved by just looking at what other people doing the same stuff as you were doing. You get it by looking somewhere different. In the corner shop, we are looking at different things and how they come together and without the constraints of brand, business model, legacy technology, what needs of customers can we meet in new ways? What needs that are not being met in traditional retail can we meet? Do you think there's a danger of too much intersection as if a brand, I don't want to say soul, but part of a brand can be watered away because there is in one way too much connectivity? Is that Could that be a problem? There can be sometimes too many gimmicks. I don't think there can ever be too much connectivity. I sometimes think the the distinction between the digital and the uh, the physical world is a bit of a false one. You know, I think what you really have is the world now. Digital is a big part of this new new economy, this new world. And I don't really think you can necessarily distinguish between the two. What I find most exciting about the corner shop is actually, you know, we really are trying to bring these two worlds together. So we're using all the digital assets and opportunities to create a much better and more relevant physical experience. And so how did then you go about choosing the individual elements exactly that go into this store? We went through a process of looking at where do we see shopping experiences going? And we started this journey before COVID and we were looking at, you know, the trends that are going to reshape retail that were already reshaping it. We've looked at, you know, the increasing value exchange between consumers and brands of their data and how do you make that more transparent? How do you make that more usable? So we've looked at a bunch of strategic trends that we see through the engagements we have with our clients, through the research we do with consumers, through the, the startups that we work with, we've seen these very clear pathways that retail is going down. And then we've looked to ourselves, run research, run ideation to come up with utterly unconstrained. If I built from scratch, how would I truly meet these future needs 
And then we've explored how digital technologies can come together to solve for that. And then we're building it and it will go into a live store where these things are exposed to real consumers. And we learn, right? So I'm sure some of the stuff we're building won't be right, but we'll learn something for it, for ourselves, for our for our clients. And we'll pivot and we'll, we'll create the next version of it. Building it and building it now and building it in the real world are real key points with that because getting that stuff quickly and as quick as we need to for the way that the world's changing now into the real world into the hands of consumers into a space that's stress tested with real people in the real world and I think that's what makes corner shops so so exciting and it's definitely what we're when we're talking to brands and retailers it's what is exciting them is that this is out there in the real world. This is live data, live insights. And everyone knows, you know, not everything's going to be right in this space, but we'll, we'll rapidly get those insights and learnings. This isn't stuff that will be sat on a NPD pipeline for, for two or three years. So you find it's essentially just saying, okay, let's scrap the lab and let's just <laughs> let the customers be the guinea pigs because they'll give us the best feedback. Exactly that. Yeah. And people talk about stores of the future. And we've really tried to steer clear of that kind of terminology because this isn't, this is, this is a store of the now as on the edge of the now as you could possibly get for definite, but this isn't a future store. This is a store for today. Yeah. It could very possibly be the very first retail unit specifically designed for the new normal. Who are you trying to entice? As in, are we talking about consumers that are already digitally savvy? Are they maybe newbies? Who are we trying to, to attract here? I think that this is an open space. Obviously, geographically, it's located in Shoreditch in London in the UK. So there's a certain audience there. It's a very creative kind of tech first space. But we've set and certainly the research that the team at Capgemini have done, led by Steve, has been very broad in the audience that will attend this space. And we want to cater from everyone from the less tech savvy to the kind of super tech guys. Yeah, I mean, a big part of it is, you know, retailers and brand marketers. So really, we're going to sort of use the story of the, the corner shop and amplify that story globally. So we'll be sharing the experiences and the insights, feedback, and, and whether or not the, the equipment works. We will share that globally. You know, the drum's got bases in Asia, we've got a base in New York. So we'll be sort of, sort of talking to the entire global ecosystem about this. Well, you could easily see this this format and this concept deployed to other markets in the future. I think this will just give us the blueprint to do that. And this blueprint, how will you see this be able to be a strategy that is like, okay, this can be implemented because, as you mentioned, right, you're in Shoreditch, you're in London, that will create a certain type of data, right, that will speak to a certain type of clientele. How will you be able to then create a blueprint or translate this into a blueprint that can be used really elsewhere with agility and effectiveness? It'll come down to the the specific like concept or experience within the store you know as a concept itself you know it's not designed to become the next walmart it's a a live lab that will let the walmarts and the tescos and the you know all of the brands out there explore what they want to explore within it around future shopping experiences and, and brand engagement so i think you know how you take what's in there and apply it more broadly will depend on the the service or the concept itself. Can you give us an idea as to just, of course, you know, this is very much physical and digital coming together and merging. Okay, so you can come into your the the corner shop, you can have going through the apps to look at what you have on the digital shelves, this as you have your coffee prepared for you already because it knows your likes. 
Where is the human-to-human engagement? How do you visualize it? Is it there at all? Is there any aspect of it? Is it necessary? It's an interesting one. And we've been working on some briefs which are around kind of taking the humans out of these types of spaces and then replacing them with creative technology solutions and then looking at actually where's the appropriate place to layer that experience back in. And I think we'll do a similar thing with Corner Shop. I think most of the experience is automated and you can go around and have a safe zero contact uh, highly engaging experience without much human interaction and I think like where we're looking at it in other spaces we'll layer humans back in to, to bring that human connection that additional information that supported service and layer that element back in rather than some of the more service style things like checking stock or product or talking about the selecting products based on purpose or missions that stuff we can we can automate that to leave time for the real things that we're all good at we have this term like the sentient store and we're equipping it so that the store learns from you know the customers in it what they want what they like what they use and that we are able to deliver the the insight and the knowledge and the power of that to the hands of staff in stores and i think the other way, the other important thing to remember is although we may much a staffless experience i think it could, it could still be a social experience because you know, people will want to sort of, I think, visit with their, their friends or their colleagues. And I think it'd be quite a lot of interesting dynamics. You, you can buy food there, you can have coffee, you can try on clothes. And so I, I think this does lend itself to a different sort of social experience. I don't think you necessarily have a formal service led to create that sort of sense of social excitement coming together. That's right. And the, the space is really like that, isn't it, Gordon? It, it's a warm kind of beautiful social engaging space this isn't a white cold lab space by any means you know it's exposed bricks and it's wooden floors and it's very tactile a lovely lovely environment so it's certainly not a case that it isn't a a human or social space do you think though that there will be retailers well it's already the case in one way as you highlighted in the beginning people that are just less tech driven that are just not quite there do you see them entirely falling to the wayside that for them this notion of indeed this kind of elevated human experience of people being able to gather together where the digital and the tech takes care of other aspects that are deemed no longer necessary do you just find some people are going to be like no this just doesn't work for me i just need hands on and i'm not going to listen i don't think that you know some brands and the experience that they want to stand for will ever get away from having people in stores being there for customers. I think what we're saying is that for some types of brands and some experiences, actually, uh, you know, automation, you know, will be an increasing thing that we see. And actually, it's not a cold mechanical thing. It, you know, automation can be an experiential thing as well. But I think there'll be other categories where that's not the case, you know, high end, luxury fashion beauty actually it's all about the expertise and the warmth of the staff in the store it's just you increasingly have an ability for digital to let them focus more on the things that really add value to that experience through you know data insight and new digital tools and services and less on the mundane side of that of checking out products and you know keeping them stacked perfectly the automation is not at the you know replacement of people it's just it's freeing them to engage with customers in new different ways absolutely it's also about creating whole new experiences when you get it right and there's a very clear benefit to it people will adopt it and I think evidence for that can be seen through this recent pandemic where a huge proportion of over 65s 
have now embraced things like click and collect or scan as you go technology. So even baby boomers now are sort of embracing technology for you know health and safety reasons. So it does demonstrate that if you get the tech right, people will definitely use it. That's a great point, Gordon, that I wanted to ask more was about, okay, so we talked a lot about things starting from scratch, right? This is what we're building. If we could just go forward with kind of no constraints, no legacy. Now let's say, okay, we do have a legacy. We've been around. How do we adapt things? How do we make incremental changes to be successful? What would you say? I suppose it depends where you're starting from. So if you're starting from a reader of any digital presence, you probably want to move to at least sort of start getting some sort of e-commerce and book online functionality. But really, I, I think it's also about understanding what is the value of the business. And, you know, some people say, well, the value of my business is I can distribute very efficiently to lots of different units throughout the country. But maybe the real value of the business is, is actually in the brand and what the brand stands for. And once you've understand uh, the power of the brand, you can start sort of saying, actually, can I transfer these value into uh, other opportunities and to other channels? Being inclusive with the, the things that you develop. And I think for retailers and brands, this is going to be a big part of this transformational period is not locking anyone out. And we've, we've seen that in grocery delivery stuff. There's lots of different ways you can shop online and receive your groceries or click and collect or still go to physical stores. And I think we're doing that at the same, the same in, in corner shop is that it's an inclusive environment. It's just there's creative technology and lots of different touch points there. For you to use as you want to yeah there's like no-brainer foundations that if you haven't got them you kind of need them and that those are like foundations that will enable you to quickly build experiences that are fluid personal across channels etc but then you know I, I think the other trick and it's it's almost become an unfashionable word but is it's like strategy the world is now full of things you can do doesn't mean you already you should do all of it and I think one of the great risks in the coming years, as it's becoming easier and easier to test stuff, is you're descending into a mindset of just throwing stuff at a wall and seeing what sticks. I think there's still a role to be strategic. Can I ask you, though, if we chime back into this notion, okay, let's reduce the time in the lab, right? And we were saying how we'd bring products or just ideas, rather, directly to the people. That way we can get their input, their reaction. Does that kind of hurt strategy? And is that kind of maybe a pitfall that some can fall into this notion of just get it out there and then we get the reaction if you're saying, indeed, it's not just about throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks? I think it can. It's not binary. Enough strategic direction so that you you know you're testing in a direction that ultimately is good for your customers and, and good for the, the business model that you, you either have or you want to have. You have to have guardrails. Otherwise, you just risk going off in all directions. And this is why a lot of you know innovation fails. But then you need to quickly get past that and not you know fall into the other trap of you know never exiting strategy and you know forever just thinking, designing, planning. You need to get to doing quick. It's just how do you stick up the guardrails and, and how do you set the compass and then get testing and learning quick? I mean, there's a brutal reality here and I think it's probably easier for a digital first business to migrate into the physical realm and sometimes vice versa. And also I think there's an issue of redefining what retail is. If you look at a, a grocery business like Morrison's, you know, on one hand, that's about food distribution. You know, you, you need that business because utility about feeding the nation, but also their, their new stores are also about adding a, they're almost turning themselves into town halls, community centres at the same time. 
It's about all these sort of uh, different functions. And I suppose it's really understanding what is the primary purpose of the business. Are there any people that are already doing this well that you really kind of like that they've just got their finger on the pulse and they're really getting it done? I think there are some, you know, Apple stores. They're a pretty good example of automating, uh, letting people, you know, either check out themselves or with free roaming, you know, staff who can check them out really easily. Um, And they really dial in to experience in the space and, you know, they use it for slightly higher purpose. We are running the kind of expert sessions that they have in there to come and learn how to do photography better with products. So I think Apple are an interesting example of thinking about how to use automation and and digital intelligently in this retail environment and how to, you know, elevate experience over function. You know, here in the UK, I think the sort of the big supermarkets have been very impressive. I'm looking at my window again at Morrison's, I just opened a new store. What the builders a brilliant experience. They're smart apps, they've got click and collect capability, they've got all those social distancing regimes in place. But it's also a nice it's a nice experience to go. And from that extreme, another extreme might be the my local cocktail bar who now does online delivery. So you can sit here and you can order a, a cocktail on an app. And 10 minutes later, it turns up at your door. That's not bad. <laughs> and I think there's pockets across all industries. I mean, the, the way that the fashion industry has responded to this period, you know, with virtual try-ons and beauty and cosmetics, but with virtual try-ons, with the ability to shop via video. We talked a bit about augmented reality in virtual stores. There's, there's lots of pockets of things, but not seeing it particularly joined up and truly running throughout the business. And I think that's one of that's one of the exciting opportunities. Well, thanks for all your insights. And now I can't wait to set foot in the store of tomorrow. I want to give a big thank you to Gordon, Rob, and Steve for joining us. And to find out more about our guests and the work the Drum, Sharp End, and Cap Gemini Invent have been doing, go ahead and tap the link in the show notes. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. And this podcast was brought to you by Cap Gemini Invent. We'll see you next week.